Welcome into the PHLY Phillies podcast. I am Jamie Lynch with Renee Washington and Tyler Zuli, as always. And no, Starbucks, it is not the holiday season yet. <laughs> it is November 2nd. You are allowed re- to have the merry holiday. No. no. That's I, like, and there's no trees or anything. That's a generic holiday cup. Yeah, because, you know, woke uh, culture, uh, like, can't tried to cancel them for having a Christmas cup or something a couple of years ago. You remember yeah, that whole story? Yes. Yeah. God, God forbid. I mean, technically, you could still have more fall colors, but it's. That's what, no, no, no. This is just glossing over Thanksgiving. <laughs> this is, it's. I didn't even notice it until I got in and Vince said something uh, about, you know, the holiday cup. And I was like, it just hit me as I sat down. I was like, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. It's November 2nd. Have a November means, cup. Of lots well, of gourds. You can have a bunch thing, of gourds. November in general, nobody, there's nothing specific for November holidays. Except for fall. like fall theme stuff, turkeys. It's not, but that's not flashy to have This on the cup. is winter. This is winter. It is I mean, not I guess it could be leaves or something. Winter. I'm on, one of Starbucks. those people that absolutely feels like as soon as we're done Halloween, it's the holiday season. And part of the holiday season is more like Christmas, depending on what you celebrate, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Thanksgiving, it's all together. New Year's, it's it's not glossed over. It's like included well, as a Starbucks whole just told me that month-long thing. Thanksgiving does not exist. Because We're already on to Christmas. For many people, Thanksgiving decorations are also their Christmas decorations. And mm. I have family members that are like that. And I may or may not be like that a little bit too. <laughs> so welcome in AJ Jones, Christy. Yes, Hello. it's not. We're feeling good. We're talking no. about the fact that it's, a, it's officially the holiday season. Yeah, I mean, MLB free agents. <laughs> hasn't even started yet and starbucks is trying to tell me uh that it's christmas time already veterans day yeah, yeah there's, so. there's so many holidays coming up yeah lots <laughs> to get into today uh one of those does include the holiday that just passed which is our our candy tier rankings and uh because when my kids went to bed last night i uh <laughs> i dove into their candy bowl and watched the little world series so uh we're gonna talk about the world series we're gonna talk about some candy we are gonna grade the outfielders today I want to tie a nice bow on the Craig Kimball conversation yesterday, which I thought was a fascinating one uh, because the range of grades given to Craig Kimball were all over the place. Uh, I'm interested to get into the Kyle Schwarber grading today because I still don't understand him. Uh, I may never, and that's okay, but um, we'll get into him. I'm curious where people grade him. Uh, so lots to get into, but let's start with baseball officially <laughs> being over okay wait i actually am not upset that it's over as i'm much happy as I'm the world series is over yeah i'm glad the world series is over because it without a doubt was very frustrating watching texas beat up on the diamondbacks knowing that the phillies should have been the ones battling it out with the rangers um and so now that it's over, it's like, good, everybody's teams are done. It's not just the Phillies that are done. Everybody is done. Everybody is now in the same boat and talking offseason. So happy for that point part. But it is weird and sad that as we're talking today about the Texas Rangers having Ugh. their first official technically franchise World Series since Ugh. moving over from Washington, that we should be talking about the Phillies winning World Series. We should be planning to go down for the parade and what we're doing. But instead, we're talking about how the Rangers won in five and beat the Diamondbacks and all the blah, blah things from that. Yeah, well, let me just say <laughs> this. I fully understand what I'm about to say is a complete loser's attitude <clears throat> and a loser's point of view and stance. But I'm going to say it anyway. I fully believe the Phillies would have given the Texas Rangers a much better series. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks... 
you know, in game six and seven, I still can't believe the Phillies fucking choked on that. Um, they gave, they were the better team than the Phillies. Like, there's no other way to put it. But do I believe the Arizona Diamondbacks are a better team than the Phillies? No, not at all. And I still don't. And I think the Texas Rangers just proved that, uh, you know, and I know I sound like a loser, but it is what it is. I think the Phillies give the Rangers a six or seven game series and maybe even beat them. Yeah. Um, you know, with the way Yavaldi pitched and Montgomery, like they're, they're a really good team. They won 11 consecutive road games. That yes. is deserve. I'm not trying to take anything away from Texas. They are very deserving of having the title. When you live, win 11 straight road games, you deserve your World Series title. But my loser's attitude is the Phillies give them a much better series. Yeah, and congrats, I guess. <laughs> congrats <laughs> yeah, like, to Texas uh, for making also history. They had the worst losing record last season. Uh, compared to all teams that ever won a World Series after having a losing record, Texas had the worst last year to then a turnaround and winning the World Series this year. Um, as you mentioned, those 11 straight road victories. Also, of course, first franchise history as the Rangers, as the Texas Rangers. Corey Seager made history being named MVP for the – Fourth time ever in Major League Baseball history for World Series MVP awards. Uh, he joins Hall of Famers and Sandy Koufax, Bob Gibson, and Reggie Jackson as players that were able to win multiple World Series MVP titles. And uh, Corey, along with Reggie, were the only ones that did it with two different teams. So it's some accomplishments, even, of course, without having Garcia. They still were able to win. But it is frustrating because it's a winnable series. I know I was, I've been talking about that ever since the Phillies uh, got knocked out. But... What makes it the most frustrating is not only was the NLCS a winnable series that they should have advanced past, but also the World Series. When you look at Texas, that's a series that the Phillies could have won had they been there. So yeah, I think, very frustrating, I think so. without a doubt, because you, it's, it's one of those that you let slide. And we know in sports, you don't often get those years. There's a lot of times where there's a team that's a favorite and a dominant team. There's, you know, in, an injury plague season. This was a year that the Phillies had a lot going for them until they didn't, until they decided to uh, – you know, hit a wall and and losing the NLCS. So that to me is what's most frustrating about all of this. Ooh, MBD chose violence this morning, and he's absolutely right. He says Nathan Yavaldi, two-year, thirty-four million dollar <laughs> deal. Taiwan Walker, four years, seventy-two million dollars. Looking at you, Dombrowski. Uh, MBD, um, <laughs> that hurts. Uh, I didn't even realize Yavaldi uh, was on that type of deal. Mm. Uh, that's very painful because mm. he was lights out for the Rangers this postseason, and Taiwan Walker didn't even pitch. So that one uh, really hurts. Christy S. says, you know, her son, they do a family spring training trip every year. They saw the Rangers play, uh, and her son said to her, the, the Rangers are going to be good, Mom. Oh, your um, son was very correct, Christy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw a gross meme Absolutely. today of uh, Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer sitting in their uh, Mets dugout talking yeah. animatedly and said, why don't we just get out of here and go to Texas and win a World Series? And I went, ew. Like, just, it just, ew. They've got some some unique storylines. Bruce, of course, coming out of unretirement. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's... One it, of the greatest managers ever. Honestly, without a doubt. But it's it's definitely frustrating it, because, as we know, it's one of those things where good for them but not good for them. It should be the Phillies. But I know uh, you guys were talking about, for anybody that missed yesterday, we did go through and give grades for the bullpen. The day before was the infield. The day before that, our first day on Monday, we were giving out grades for the starting pitchers. Christy, if you missed it, as 
guys, MBDBDBF, Phil doing on a lot of Ds that were handed out. And today we've got to also get into grading. Now the outfield, and I don't know that we're going to have as many Ds here, but um, it should be better. Uh, what's not better is Eugene Krabs, you're continuing to come right in with it. I like, I like your entrance. I felt like you just blew the doors open. Hide your wives, hide your girlfriends, hide your mistresses. The pervert is here, Eugene Krabs has announced in the chat. Uh, it just felt like you just blew things open. So I feel like it's time for us to blow things open a little bit because, uh, Jamie, I don't want to talk about the World Series anymore. It was not fun to watch. It was not fun baseball. It was very boring games. And um, Well, yeah, it's because the Diamondbacks <laughs> are frauds. I mean, I sound like a loser, and I'm a fan of a loser organization that's saying that, but that's okay. I'm still going to say it. They, uh, they were kind of <laughs> frauds. They have some really good young players. And, you know, Perdomo and Cattell Marte. And, yeah. Uh, Guriel is going to be a free agent. Um, you, you don't really need outfielders, per se. Uh, so he's not probably not going to be on the Phillies radar, but it'll be interesting to see if the Diamondbacks bring him back. Yeah. Uh, and Monday does mark the start of free agency. M MLB free agency uh, fires up five days after the World Series concludes. So it looks like this Monday we can start diving into the Phillies free agents, potential yes. free agents, salary, and, and officially close the chapter on 2023 and, and look ahead to you know, adding to this team because the Phillies are going to be a really good team still. Uh, MBD says, I didn't give the Rangers enough credit. They were the number one team in the AL in the regular season team on base and team fielding percentage. Mm. Yeah, they spent a lot of money. And, um, you know, the Garcia is just like one of the all-time like steals of a fine. Oh gosh, the Cardinals yeah. basically just DFA'd him and, um, and they went, yeah, we'll take him. And he becomes the ALCS MVP gets a little hurt in the, um, you know, in the world series there, but, uh, what a fine that was. And then Seager and, you know, the money they spent up the middle there and defense is important. And, you know, that's one of the areas I'd love to see the Phillies improve. Yep. Um, I don't know where that comes from outside of just Trey Turner not being a sieve at shortstop. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the easiest way to improve the team defense. Yeah. Uh, well, as, you, as you talk about defense, I mean, you even look at the game last night. I mean, six innings where it was 0-0 zero, zero, and it was in a run scored in the seventh and four in the ninth that were the difference for the Texas Rangers to win. You know, it's it's as much as we talk about the at-bats and it could be better, obviously the defensive side of the game just as important when you talk about winning championships. So, yeah, there's definitely some areas I know – we were able to get into the infield yesterday or two days ago, excuse me. Um, there's just definitely some areas that need to be adjusted, which is why talking about grades for the outfield today, Jamie, I don't think I'm as uh Well, first I want to rip on. the Arizona Diamondback fan base a little bit more before we get to the grades. Okay, let's keep it going. Um, rip away. Yes. Um, <laughs> that stadium sucks. I hated watching it oh, on MLB. Uh, but two things, two observations from last night. Uh, the loser Diamondback organization had to send security out to defend the pool. Yeah, that's like, are you a joking lot. me? That's just a like, lot. Just like, oh, we can't have anybody dive in our pool. Why? It's probably half P anyway. Just let the <laughs> Rangers dive in it if they want to dive in it. Like, come on, get over yourselves. Well, I mean, what's next? Are you going to be? Pool. Are you going to have a, a roped off area that a team has to celebrate if they win? Like, is that the next thing? Yeah, because it's the same thing. If, if you are saying they can't go in the pool, all right, next you're going to say, oh, you can only stay at this corner of the field because we don't want you over here. So uh, it's just too much. And and. It's a loser thing because you know your team's about to get um, closed out. The world is about to be over. You put security there. 
because you know the series is over and it just looks it's silly that's what you're allocating your funds and resources towards and nerds it's just too much it's too nerds if you had more of your own fans there uh you wouldn't have some of these issues but and uh the other one is i might have missed this uh talked uh picked up by mlb network and espn and all the national outlets but uh the game had to be paused again the other night because yes. diamondbacks fans were throwing paper airplanes on the field uh, and it got so bad, the PA announcer had to come on and tell the fans to stop doing it. And they Im immediately booed the PA announcer. Classy, guys. Um, Real classy. Must be all the Philadelphia expats out there <laughs> that decided to throw all the paper airplanes on the field. It just is, is Notice how this happens everywhere else but Philadelphia. You I mean, notice we, how it also is, you know how it's everybody also, does. Oh yeah, that's common. That's like a normal thing for sports. But you also notice how... You have to, like, dig for these stories. Unless you're watching the game, of course, or you're yeah. there. You don't hear about it. Had this been a Philly game of any sport, oh, it's all over the place. There's going to be people that are running with it. Just like they run with John. I'm so tired of hearing these non-Philly outlets that are covering the area and will have these questions about John. It's like the things that they get – that people get stuck on with the Phillies, uh, with Philly sports in general, is the fans being crazy. Yet, paper airplanes, you guys actually yeah, – grow up. How does that even – Okay, I have a Pan. serious question, though. How? Did you guys decide this? I mean, paper airplanes require you to have paper. It's not like you're just throwing out there your food and stuff. Maybe you, know, you can you're make taking them out time. of, like, the little hot dog uh, paper I, trays I mean, that's, or To something. me, it's an, you know. organized it. That in or some, you snuck in that's paper. That's a lot of a good amount. I mean, it's a good amount of paper airplanes. That's not something that's like, oh, here, I've got some paper, Jamie. Let's put together some airplanes and toss yeah. them out there. That, to me, that's like, you, know, you, get, you get the towels at the game. Are you getting paper for your paper airplanes? So how did that, how did that come about? Did you Weirdos. guys coordinate this? Was this something you sat in your Scottsdale, um, you know, bars planning of like, let's go launch some paper airplanes? It just doesn't really make sense, yeah. to be honest. So I just wanted to point that out because you're not going to hear it anywhere else in the national media. No, it's just and we want to remind like you. Atlanta and Phoenix, you know. I haven't heard anything since. They throw stuff on the field, and it never seems to get mentioned or brought up again. Uh, <laughs> Martian Lynch says, we have pole climbers, <laughs> and I don't just mean charity. Uh, yes, yes, we do. Uh, we do we also climbers. had a, uh, a horse poop eater at an Eagles parade. I, I just, that so, makes me um, literally want to vomit. That's it's, disgusting. It's not. And, there ha and, and vomit has actually been a thing that's been an issue too of somebody vomiting on a man and his daughter so yeah, yeah there's definitely mind. been a, a lot of gross but also i don't know if, if, died. It, if it huh pukemon died pukemon you can't the kid he, puked on the kid he died yeah like recently a couple years ago yeah and was that something that they announced that the Pokemon? No, like, I the just, headline was like, I, I just know that Kitty fact, pukes like, on the game I just, at the game I just died. Threw it out. You know how like when they, when, kind when of major news happens, they always lead with like yeah. whatever brought you to fame. <laughs> and not that this is a funny thing at all because no. his poor family, but yeah. that's interesting. How did yeah. you find? That? Okay, the the amount of useless information in my brain uh, far exceeds like useful information. Ow. So the fact you know, we talk about that kid, I go, oh yeah, Pokemon, he's dead. Well, anyway, moving on. The, my last thing on it is I don't know if it's that Philly sports fans are just crazy or if we just. There's it's, that. Yeah. It's the other stories you just don't hear about. <laughs> Paper airplanes. You don't hear about, you know, unless you're unless you're us and we're actually talking about it. It just gets swept under the rug. So maybe it's not us. It's them. I always thought that was a good nickname. Pukemon. Even though it was a horrible act. 
It's very, so, very, very horrible. Very, anyway, very horrible. Moving on. <laughs> I, let's uh, give a little love to the chat because I think uh, our boys MBD and uh, Spiral Out just became best friends. They did. And they're, they, look, they're planning a sleepover. It's giving yeah, stepbrothers. They're going to move these bunk beds <laughs> together so there's more room for activities. Uh, they just I don't know found how you out, got there. Uh, MBD lives in Florida and Spiral Out, we met at the Phillies tailgate. Uh, they just realized they're both uh, huge tool uh, fans. Tyler, are you a tool guy? Do we have three for three here? Are you joining their um, wolf pack? Uh, I, I, I respect both MBD and Spiral. I out, thought Tool so would be in your wheelhouse. So it, it's not. I don't even it's, know Tool. It's, it's not Tool. Okay. It, 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 I, have, I have no issue with Tool the music. Oh. Um, I, I'm sorry. This is why. It's okay. I, this is why I, 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 I thought put, it was right in your this, wheelhouse. This is why I put the disclaimer in place. Um, there's a lot of Tool fans who are, <laughs> for lack of a better word, tools. tools? I, uh, um, yeah, tool, I always appreciated their penis shirt. It tool, was like the wrench with the, the penis. Bad, and this is like anything. Like most fans are good. Bad tool fans are like holier than thou. Like mm. our band is better than your band. Oh, I can't stand mm. people and, and, like and that. And so I don't have any issue with tool. It's the fan base that drives me away yeah. from the band. Okay, fair enough. Valid. I, so I, you're not going to jump in on the uh, bunk bed Pushing your beds together. Listen, I'm sure if, if, that if, they're, if they're tool fans, Spiral I'm sure that have. we can find commonalities somewhere <laughs> yeah, else yeah. in the music world. Yeah. But it's just not with that band. Well, MVD is going to host us all in Florida and take us out on his boat one day. And uh, if he wants to play tool while we do that, that's fine with me. So um, his boat, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, sure. So let's get to the grading. Now, yesterday yes. we ended the show with uh, I thought was a pretty good discussion on Craig Kimbrell. Did I end up being the highest grader at a C plus? No, Phil was a B plus. Phil was a B plus, and you were a <laughs> D plus. A D plus, not and, being. And that you was, and Tyler. Honestly, he could have got an F. And what were you, Tyler? Uh, D or D plus? Okay. It, it yeah, you were also D plus. Good. We were the same. So we went from teetering on F all the way up to a B plus with a C plus thrown in there. Uh, so wide range. You know, um, <laughs> it's an interesting thing when somebody is really, really good for you for like three or four months, but then when August comes around, starts leaking oil and how people grade it, I always go, all right, are you re are you grading this on recency bias? Are you discounting <laughs> the three months of really good? Uh, so I always like to see how people grade a situation like that because I put more of the blame on Rob Thompson there uh, when it came to the playoffs. I thought he needed to know Craig was cooked. Uh, that's why I, I went C plus just to kind of not forget about, you know, the good and there was good. And a lot of these players sucked in that series versus Arizona. Uh, you know, the last three games, Bryce, Bryson, uh, you know, Nick, Nick, Trey, Trey, they all sucked. Uh, and it's part of the reason why we're talking about the MLB <clears throat> offseason. It's I saw Alex Coffey had a piece today that uh, where she talked to a lot of different like fan groups and some nuns, some teachers, like all these people around. And the, the, I didn't read the story yet, but the general synopsis I got from, you know, the slug, as they call it, was that uh, this one hurts still a lot for most people because there was like an emotional attachment to this team. Yeah. Um, and it does suck that, the, you know, the guys you loved came up small in the biggest time. And we have to live with that all off season now. Yeah, yeah. And womp, womp. You know, I I apologize for my coughing, but I'm just choking over here because that's what Craig did. And so I think Rob for me did. and Rob did as well. There, you look, I fully, fully agree that Craig is not the lone person to blame. He did not put himself into the game. 
That was Rob. And I don't like the fact Rob did it. And Rob's going to get some heat for sure when we're giving out grades tomorrow on our show here for the front office front manager. Office. Yeah, because the management of the team was also an issue. Rob, I'm looking at you. But my issue with Craig and when I grade on my rubric of Professor Washington, it's I'm going to make myself a professor and you're Miss Honey. It's the fact that the postseason has a higher weight. It's like remember in school, there were some papers and, and projects and assignments that were weighted heavier than others. And what's up, Big Mike, Mickey D? There are some projects, there are some assignments that have a higher percentage that they weigh towards your final grade. The postseason, in my opinion, is like 60 percent of the grade. I'm just throwing that number out there, but it's a it's a it's a higher percentage because you know, it doesn't matter unfair. what you do in the regular season if you go into the postseason and you don't show up. And for Craig to be so bad in the postseason, specifically the NLCS back to back days, agreed shouldn't have been out there for Game Four. It's just I cannot give you anything higher than a D plus. If anything, I would love to have given an F, but I don't want to give out Fs because I feel like failure to me is like. You go out there on the field and you're just sitting pretzel style. Like the fact that you, it's kind of like you sign your name, you get an automatic X amount of points. Like for sports, you, you show up, you're out there, you're standing, you're moving, you get at least a D minus. So for Craig, that's the only thing that kept him from getting an F plus. He showed up, he signed an his F name, but, <laughs> but I can't, I cannot just, it could have been the team's MVP for three months of the it season. And that's what makes it even worse. You had an MVP start to the season. All-star started the season, and then in the postseason, were easily he was easily the worst. Was there um, anybody worse than him? I mean, in, in a major moment. Yeah, I mean, like I, you can I, look I, would, at, I would make the case that uh, you know Trey, Bryce, and uh, and Nick in that Arizona series were all fairly useless. Useless as well, and had Definitely. more uh, opportunities to contribute or hurt uh, than, than Craig did. So. Which is why they, I also knocked their grades down. But for Craig, this is, this is what you do. This is your job. And you are not able to do anything But the manager has to know when he's not capable of doing it. And I think that's, that's my biggest issue. Is and like, then it goes back to the fact that not only is it an overuse him. issue, it's an issue of you have the stubbornness to not want to Check runners on base, not caring about the pitch clock. Now you see Corbin Carroll and Diamondbacks stealing bases. And, oh, those stolen bases led to runs. So it's not even – I actually would semi, 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 semi be okay with him just struggling in terms of pitching because he has been overused, as you say. But then you add in the other factors, the stolen bases, which literally led to a run. What was that, the third run that they that – they, I don't even know. I don't even know. It was uh, a game-changing run. I want to say it was the third run that Arizona scored – and it's because Craig Kimbrell can't have the the awareness to just look. So that's my issue. The problems that he had that we talked about on the show were the exact same problems that came back to bite Craig. And I'm not giving it. I could not give him anything higher than a D plus. But hopefully today we're being more generous, Jamie. Well, well I think there's on. a lot uh, better grades to dull yeah. out here in the outfield. Uh, so let's get it started. Do we say we're starting with Mr. Nicholas K or Jay Cave, who I always <laughs> call Nick Cave, the Australian recording artist? Uh, and I hope I don't have to have this problem ever again because. Uh, I would like a upgrade over Jake Cave, uh, personally. You know, like, fine. He's a guy that filled in at first base for you uh, in a couple emergency spots. He'd never done that in his career before, and he was fine. Um, you know, not not a lot of pop as your top bench bat. And look, Greg Dobbs was a top bench bat when you went on a championship run. I'm not saying you need a, a home run guy, but I typically like a little bit more uh gap and and power out of my top bench bat 
Um, clearly, you're not going to get a you know 15 to 20 home run guy off the bench, but a guy that can go you know seven to 12 home runs. What did Cave end up with, Tyler? Five off the top of my head. Five. Five home runs. Yeah. Um, fine. I gave him a C plus just because that's like average. Like kind of like if 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 war was translated into grades, Tyler would would uh, C plus be like a zero war. Like middle of the pack. Yeah, I guess like C would probably be a zero, right? Yeah. Anything worse is going to be a, a, a borderline failing grade. Yeah. So, yeah, I would think so. So that's kind of my thinking was like, he's just average as shit. And that's the guy who said in the chat. You're saying JK is a waste of a roster spot, Christy. His grade, according to Mark, and welcome Mark, is who cares? Eugene Krabs is saying well, Jake from State Farm could have done better at the plate. I care because bench, I... bench players are important. <laughs> and when you're going to Jake Cave to end the season as the last uh... at bat, like, you know, that's on Dave Dombrowski. I think he's got to upgrade that position. Like, Jake Cave was just fine. But... I care. I uh, want my top bench player to be something a little more dangerous than Jake Cave. Like, ugh. So I think I graded him too high, to be honest, and actually had a Miss Honey moment because I think what Cave should have been lower. Um, as, as I'm as I'm thinking it out in my head, I didn't when see you talk either about of your guys' grades today. Good. As I think about him as a pinch hitter specifically, you come and you get one hit. Um, He's not a good pinch hitter, but he, he shouldn't be the pinch hitter also. But this season, you talk about five home runs. Uh, he, he 21 RBIs, uh, 212 batting average. I don't I gave him a C, and actually that's extremely generous because I, I'm actually thinking he's maybe more of a C minus D plus because he just was – he was not a factor. When, the reason I originally gave him a C was he wasn't a guy that cost you games, but he didn't help win games either. Sure. Um, but – when you think about him as a pinch hitter specifically, your role is to come in and help get hits, and you're unable to do that. You're not able to do your job. That's what we bring you in here for, and you couldn't do it. So that makes me want to drop him. But I'm going to still stick with my C because C for Cave. All right, before sure. we get to Tyler, people <laughs> in the chat, drop your K, uh, grades as we go along because we love to see what you're thinking on this as well. Like Big Mike D said, uh, he was Schwarber-esque in the outfield with no pop, D-. minus. Um, Good uh, clubhouse guy. Christy says, Jake Cave is a waste of a roster spot. <laughs> Eugene Kraft says, bring back Matt Stairs. Uh, Spiral Out says, everybody on the bench was a waste. Cave was a waste. Stubbs was a waste. Pache, <laughs> meh. They all so said, meh. Uh, so, Tyler, what was your Jake Cave grade? Yeah, so I'm going to give Jake Cave a C plus as well. Uh, yeah, um, right there. And, and the reason I think that it's probably – I was actually teetering on B-, and the reason that I was teetering what? on B- minus is not statistically driven. Um, it, it was because the Jake Cave was mismanaged this season, quite frankly. I thought Rob Thompson went to Jake Cave too frequently, especially like in weird situations where you thought, okay, well, here's the lineup and here's what I expect. And Bohm's going to play first and Sosa's going to play third. This was pre-Harper coming back. And you would look at the day game lineup and it would be like Jake Cave batting eighth playing first base. And you would go, this guy's never played first base in his career in his life. And he started 17 games at the position in 2023. <laughs> Um, I don't think he was a detriment to the bench the way that I think a lot of our commenters are, are making him out to be. He wasn't pro he wasn't productive. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he was great, but I don't think that he was nearly as bad as um, as many want to point him out to be. I think that Jake Cave 
on a roster as your third bench piece is yeah, not second or third. Bad. I'm even cool with. I, I think that the issue that I have with Jay Cave more than anything was the fact that at the beginning of the year, I desperately wanted the bench bat to be Jesus Aguilar, and the Marlins, or excuse me, the uh, the A's ended up signing Aguilar for very little money, and he wasn't very good this year. Um, so I guess it ends up being a wash. But the, the reason that I wanted Aguilar was because he could play first with Hoskins not available and Harper not available yet either. Um, and, and the fact that he had pop in his bat and they don't have anybody off the bench that can come in and truly hit a home run. Both yeah. of those guys ended up this season hitting five home runs. Yeah. yeah. It ends up being a wash. So I give the guy a C plus for uh, yeah. like, like, That's he's, what I feel like he's just for fine. Me, for me, I always also judge their mistakes and errors on when it happened. And Jake Cave wasn't a guy that, like I said, he didn't cost you games. It wasn't the timing of it. Wasn't something that was a detriment. It just was, it could have been better. You would have liked it to be someone else, but yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I know someone, uh, big Mike Mickey D said, see us and see your way out of here. Yeah, uh, his batting average, home run, RBI were all in line with previous two seasons. Ultimately, he was who we thought he was. Yeah, uh, well, I just want that's an upgrade a good point, there. Mark. Yeah, yeah, I want an upgrade. Point. I think I think a bench play like your top bench player it can't be him. Well, it's just it's just undervalued. Like uh, you know, especially if you're a team dealing with injuries, like that guy's gonna contribute a lot in mm-hmm. 65 games. Christy says 64 <laughs> too many. Like. <laughs> You know, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, an important piece. It's a hard piece to fill. I'm not saying it's easy, but I would like to see an upgrade uh, as we're entering free agency next week. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on to the next outfielder. Do we say we're going Pache next? Rojas. Uh, Chris, uh, we're going Johan. Uh, either way. Uh, let's oh, go. Let's go. We'll, we'll just go Rojas. Um, you want to kick us off here, Renee, with Johan? Yeah, I mean, I actually we were going Pache first, but yeah, let's go with let's go with Yo Yo. Um, oh, oh, he's got a nickname. <laughs> yeah, actually, it could be Yo Ro, could be Yo Yo. There's options here. It's oh, whatever, I didn't know you that. Know. I'm work, yeah, I'm making okay. it a you're, thing. You're workshopping it here. <laughs> I'm working on it, guys. It's Yo Yo. It's not <laughs> Johan. It's Yo Yo. Um, all right, so Johan to me is an interesting one. Yo-ro? Obviously, Yo Ro. Yeah, Yo Yo. Yo Yo Ro better than Yo Yo. You like Yoro better than Yo-Yo? Yeah, but I don't think either is going to take off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Jamie. Yoro it is then. We can try. We're going to stick it. It's going to stick. It's going to stick. Yeah. All right. Yoro, a gold glove caliber type of center, gets pulled up. I think for how he was added into the majors from AA, when the timing of it in mid-July, not able to have – he had a decent amount of obviously regular season experience, but being put into a tough postseason role – not fully his fault. Again, think it was a management issue there as well. Um, I, in my opinion, feel like Rojas is a C plus. I think he's a little bit above average because of the at bats on the. If we were like splitting his grade down to how he per- contributes as a center fielder, obviously a totally different story. But I think overall, big picture, Yo Ro is someone that I think has a lot of potential. He's a little bit above average because he adds you. He can he can give you more than the average Jake Cave type of a player. You know you're going to get something from him. He can make a big play. He can. He's he's so fast, covers ground well. Um, so I say a C-plus because there's a lot of room for improvement. To me, if you're in the C area, you've got a lot of room for growth and, and progress. And coming in to um, the team, having a 306 batting, 20 doubles, five triples, nine homers, 45 RBIs, it needs, he needs to make sure it's translating into the majors. I know we talked about him possibly going back. I think he's the, starting the year in the yeah, minors. Starting yeah, starting back in the minors. I think that's a great decision because it's a C plus in my opinion that has 
a lot of upswing if he can get some better at-bats to being, uh, without a doubt, definitely a gold glove caliber player, but also on the at-bat side if he can contribute more. Yeah, he's, he's got he's to gotta get better offensively with his approach. Way too yes. many three and four pitch at-bats with strikeouts. Uh, but defensively, I mean, this kid is special. Um, and defense is big. If you see, if you saw the play, of the uh, who's the left fielder on? The, I'm blanking on the name for the Rangers last night. Made a really nice play, kind of a game, a run saving play. Uh, he's Carter. Carter, yeah, yeah. Um, defense shows its head time and time again. Uh, and I think it was Night Train earlier said when we were talking about bench players, he said bench players in modern MLB are more defensive replacements mm. uh, than they are offensive. Yeah. So like at worst, this kid is you know a. Uh, a future defensive replacement. I think he's going to break all the defensive metrics for center fielders in baseball. Uh, I think this kid can be a three or four war player just based on his defense alone. He's got to get a competent bat for you to make him an everyday player. Yeah. Uh, so I gave him a B plus and I, and I gave him the B plus because wow. I expected him to come up and be here for two or three weeks. And kind of played himself into the everyday center fielder for you uh, in a way. Now, you didn't have other great options. Pache got hurt, and then Rojas had kind of stolen the job by the time Pache got back. Uh, Brandon Marsh had then taken over left by the time Harper was back. So, I mean, steal the job might be a little little strong of a word there, but his defense alone, you know, I'm sure made every pitcher on that mound more comfortable. So because I only expected him to see him for two or three weeks as that injury kind of replacement, I gave him a B plus uh, while acknowledging his offense needs a complete makeover. So it might be a little generous. I probably would have felt a little better giving him a B, but it's, yeah. it's too late. The graphic was made. Well, um, but, you know, I think the defense alone gives you that. That's a good point. I mean, he did exceed expectations yeah, because you weren't sure how long he was going to be in the majors. Uh, can you just scroll up a little bit, Tyler? Big Mike D was agreeing with you, saying also a B plus. Yeah, he hit decent during the year, but was obviously overmatched in the playoffs. Ag agreed, he was overmatched in the playoffs, but it wasn't a surprise. I think we all expected that from Yoro. There it is. Come postseason, Doesn't that he bad. would be right. That he would be someone that wouldn't be able to contribute. And honestly, when I look at the Brave series specifically, I remember Yoro. I'm just gonna keep saying it because it's gonna stick. Yoro did surprise, and he helped score runs. So I think it was just really the NLCS that was extremely eye-opening because he was put in major situations, like bases loaded, like, fourth inning. But it shouldn't have been him in that situation. If to every begin other with. superstar, high-paid caliber player, yada yada, was struggling, then it's completely fair to expect Yohas to struggle because right. the Diamondbacks adjusted, and the Phillies weren't able to right. adjust back. They right. started throwing dog bleep at the Phillies, and the Phillies couldn't lay off of it because they're an aggressive team. Yeah. Tyler, what do you got? Yeah, Gretchen, I'm going to need you to drop, stop trying to make fetch happen. This Yoro thing ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's Yoro. Um, Yoro. Like, so, YOLO. Rojas did have the big triple, Martian. That was, that was yeah, huge. Yeah, that's... That's why that was his only offensive contribution. I, I genuinely went into like a college GPA calculator to get my grade on this one because like I, <laughs> it's, I was, it's a tough it's, one. It's such a stark difference <clears throat> between the the defense and the offense. The the, the yeah. defense is an A. I mean it's it's an A plus. No like, doubt about I, it. I couldn't go A plus on this calculator, so I'm giving him an A. <laughs> Uh, offensively, I thought the 300 average in a small sample size was not indicative of the uh, at-bats that he put together because clearly the postseason he was overmatched. I gave him a C in total. 
um, or maybe a C minus defensively, offensively. And when you put those two together, you get a 2.8 GPA, which is a B minus. And that's why I'm going with Johan Rojas B minus this year okay. because uh, the defense is um, is is gonna it's gonna save you it's gonna save you a lot. Like I'm gonna I forgot to to do this because I should probably be doing my job instead of googling stuff. Um, <laughs> He was sixth in Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, he's played gonna, like 12 games. He's going to bust insane, all defensive insane. metrics for outfielders. He would have gotten A-plus for me if uh, I was just def- grading his defensive side. So I, I give him a B-minus. I think that there's there's clearly room for improvement offensively. If he is even, even average at the plate in 2024 – he can be an everyday center fielder. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's where Dave, Dave Doris saying too bad there's not a designated fielder. I'm with you on that because he'd be a perfect for that. And Eugene Krabs actually makes a great point and actually a very on perfect baseball point. That. That's the, terrifying. His on base percentage was higher than Casting in the NLCS. That is crazy. I mean, like you're talking about, Jamie Christie said the same thing. He swung out just like everybody else in the lineup, but still was able to contribute a little bit more. But just yeah, solid, solid C plus. Martian Lynch is wanting a Zuli can, Tyler. They want to see they want to see Trey's brother, Tyler uh, Zuli. I don't know if you need that. Martian also <laughs> says that he hates that you have a Mean Girls reference in the chamber. Mean Girls is a good movie. Come on. He had that he had that dialed up in the it, chamber. It's not for a sure. bad movie, but I couldn't quote it. Um, I probably could give you more than I'd like to, <laughs> to, to admit. But I, listen, Upper Darby's finest Tina Fey, man. It's a good movie. Proud of her work. It's no, a it really is good. It movie. is funny. I think I've only seen it like Do you, maybe what once. Day is it? Tyler, what day is it? I thought on Wednesdays we wear pink. I know that one, but I don't know which one you're going at. Okay. <laughs> Girl. What, what's the rest of that? What, what day is it? It's like it's October 4th or October 5th. It's like when, okay, never mind. It's a, it's a big, it's a big. <laughs> Moving on. Your girl thing, I was like, that threw me off. I, I was saying you to him, like, girl, you don't know my, you can't finish my quote. Come on. You know, oh yeah! Oh girls oh yeah! Oh, we're being girls. mean girls. Yeah. Okay, which mean girl know. would you be? I don't know. Are you the? Are, you are like they? The, was it Lindsay Lohan? Regina George? Are you like the? I know. No, ja- Jamie's the guy that stands in the in the auditorium and just yells. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> that is funny. I know that scene. That is a good one. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I think I'd be more of a, the Lindsay Lohan in that movie. Yeah, we'll work on the Zuli cam, uh, Martian. Uh, we will work on the Zuli cam for sure. Uh, let's get to the next guy, which is Christian Pache. Come on down. Uh, considering you gave up next to nothing for him. Uh, and this was a guy that came from the Braves organization, and, and a lot of people there called him, you know, the next Andrew Jones, and there was all the hype in the world for this kid. They gave him away for next to nothing to the Athletics, and the Athletics confusingly gave him away for next to nothing when he was 22 or 23. Like, they gave him away for nothing. And the Athletics are the exact type of organization that should be giving these types of kids high pedigree extremely young still every opportunity in the world and and they moved on from him and i thought it was a brilliant move by dave dombrowski uh to bring him in get him in the system you know kevin long everybody raves about as the hitting coach and see if you can work with them to improve offensively he's the same thing as rojas like spectacular defense needs to take some strides offensively but because the bar was kind of so low for him and um I didn't expect anything outside of just good defense. I thought he improved offensively in every way. Um, He, you know, kind of had a little bit of an offensive resurgence. Now that resurgence isn't great. So I'm kind of basing it on 
expectations versus himself. And I thought he improved in every way. So I gave Christian Pache an A. Um, I don't think he's, I'm not comfortable with him being an everyday outfielder yet. Uh, but if he's a guy that ends up playing, you know, 45 or 50 games for you, I think he has a chance to work himself into that everyday outfielder. I don't want to give him the job and run, but I gave him an A because when you compared him to the rest of Christian Pache, like he improved a lot once he got here. So I was very happy with what Christian Pache gave you and, and what you gave up to get him, which was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Kristen Pache is a, a unique character on for the Phillies because he just is a great role player. Like that's, that's who he is on this team. He can fill in a different spots. He can be a pinch hitter if you need to. Um, and I thought it's a shame he didn't have a, you know, a full healthy season. You, you see there's 44 games played. Um, and then his 84 at bats was decent, you know, 11 RBIs, a pair of home runs. Uh, that's not really what we expect from him in general, as you talk about, to be a guy that's going to give you strong at-bats. But I think his ability to play center field or right field, whatever, <laughs> is, is useful. Um, so I, I'm... I'm interested just to see what he's going to look like next season. What a full, what a, I always say for some guys, they need that full off season, full spring training, fully time with the team to see how they really can come into their own. So I give him a B minus. You're right um, there with Dave in the chat. Yeah. Dave, Dave here. says to give me a, a drug test. Yeah. Because he's Miss Honey from Matilda. No. And he's always giving some very great. You're so. I'm not comparing him to every other major league center fielder. I'm comparing him to himself. Bingo. Which was on the verge of not being a major league player like he saved himself he saved his career in a way this yeah, year Yeah, and that's the thing you are giving based off of previous performance progress I'm growth, it on themselves yeah i'm i'm grading based on across the spectrum performance clutchness statistics like, like looking at everybody as a whole like if i compare christian pache to mike trout then he's like an f right. a healthy mike trout i can't do that i'm comparing them to himself and the strides they take in their own personal career baseball is that weird team sport that's super hyper individualized so I, I compare guys to expectations and their back of the baseball card and the okay. back of the baseball card for christian pache before this year was like a d minus i thought he saved his career this year and is probably going to have a I don't want to say a super long career, but he's going to be in the major leagues for a long time now. Yeah. Whereas if he had another year or two of underperforming and not showing up, then I think he's out of baseball in like three or four years. And I think that when you look at Pache in the later part of the regular season, the time, the games he got in for the postseason, I thought he was, he was solid. And that's why really I give him a defense. B minus. I think, yeah, I think he just, there were some plays where I remember, you know, Pache, yeah, you know, make it, he just made some great fielding plays but also even his at bats were decent in the postseason so b minus for me because i definitely feel like he without a doubt has just been steady as a role player and unlike what we got from jake cave he's someone that did add a little bit here and there he, he didn't hurt you he would just add every once in a while an rbi in the postseason you know making a, a great catch making him a great play so i think that's why i'm on the b minus side All tyler right. what do you have are you tyler what do you got more Miss Honey or Professor Wash? Uh, so I had a uh, I had a teacher in, in high school once that used to joke that instead of grading our test, he would just take the the stack of papers and throw them down the steps. 
and whichever one landed the farthest got the best grade, and then oh, everything worked its way backwards. And uh, knowing the fact that he didn't last more than a year in, at school, I'm starting to think that maybe it was true. <laughs> That's Jamie as a grader. He's just throwing papers down the steps and see what happens. I mean, the guy stunk <laughs> before this. Uh, I, I don't. I think, think he improved everything. I, I don't disagree with you. I don't think Christian Pache could hit off a tee uh, up until this past yeah. season. And, and if you if you look at the numbers pre that that meniscus injury he was hitting 360 in april and i don't think he ever fully recovered because yeah. of that and then he had the elbow right after that uh was limited to 48 games i'm not sure he would have played a ton more in the regular season probably not um but the 238 uh batting average i think is probably lower than it probably could have been i think Agreed. if he'd have been given a little bit more of an opportunity to play with without the injuries um he's a good fourth outfielder i don't think he's ever yes. going to be a starter for this team um but i do think that he is good enough to give you a consistent baseline level defense. So like Rojas is a much better defender than him, which is not a knock on Pache. He's a really, really good defender, but yeah. Rojas is going to be a an free. elite defender, mm -hmm. but Pache is a better hitter than Rojas is. So they right. kind of balance out. If I gave Rojas a B minus, I'm going to take a, a small step backwards. Uh, Christian Pache gets a C plus for me. Um, and it's not a knock on him. It's more just a, a, an indictment on his numbers and the fact that he didn't play very much. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I like the fact that we each have something a little bit different that we're basing it off of. But uh, one thing that is always consistent and always the same, that's a game time app. They've got great prices, great discounted rates that you can be able to go to a concert, a game. If you're looking last minute to buy some tickets, it's the game time app. And you can also see your seat on the game time app, which makes it that much better because you can have an idea of where you and your buddies will be snacking on popcorn, throwing back some beer and drinks and watching your favorite artists perform or favorite teams play. So go over to the Game Time app. Use that code PHLY. It's on your screen for those of you watching on YouTube. For anybody tuning in on our podcast platforms, it's a PHLY Phillies podcast. Again, the code is PHLY to get $20 off of your purchase when you use the Game Time app. And thank you to those of you that are tuned in on our podcast platforms because we love to have you here too. Uh, even though you don't get to join in on the fun live, make sure you're commenting with your picks, thoughts, grades, um, wherever you are watching the show. Eugene Krabs says we need to combine Pache and Rojas into one I person. I wish we could do that. They, they are the same thing where it's like great defense, <laughs> poor offense. Um, I don't know how many of those guys you can afford to have. Uh, the outfield position is a, a unique one, I think, this offseason because you want improvements, but I don't really know where they come. I wonder if Brandon Marsh is going to be somebody they, they dangle out in trades. We'll get into that stuff more next week. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's it's kind of a confounding uh, how do you make this better uh, type of thing. But I think they're good pieces in that they, are. they add versatility. They add if a situation uh, is needed where you have to maybe make an adjustment. You know you can slot them in. So I think for role players, they're, they're solid. That's what you want out of a role player. They're going to contribute when called on. Uh, but it is a very weird, you know, when you're looking at the, as we're getting into the offseason more, a weird situation that the Phillies are in of what to do next. All right. So the, the, the two guys remaining are the big money guys here in the outfield. Uh, let's go with Nick Castellanos next. Oh, what about Marsh? Oh, I forgot about Marsh. Uh, Brandon Marsh. Right. <laughs> I thought we. Uh, let marsh it up first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get called Mrs. Honey again. You are. I, again, I think he, he improved a lot um, from where he was in Anaheim. Uh, so I gave him an A-. minus. Uh, I don't think Brandon Marsh... Uh, I don't want him being my everyday left fielder, but it looks like that's where he's going to be. Ideally, um, 
I'd want more power out of my left fielder. Um, but his defense is, is pretty good. I think he plays a better left than he does a center. Um, but comparing him to himself, I think he, he, he took a lot of strides this year. Uh, I think he's another guy like Pache that has improved under Kevin Long. Um, so I gave him an A minus. I'm not in love with it. Maybe I could go B plus. Um, but I think he's generally in that area because he improved. Uh, what do you got? Not an A minus. That's for sure. Um, okay. So a little different than Miss Honey over here to my left. I, I like Brandon Marsh. I think he's a great clubhouse guy. I think he's always one that you see bringing the energy, dancing, um, you know, brings the vibes, fills in where needed. And this year, 277 average uh, with 12 home runs, so 60 RBIs. Postseason, honestly, was one of the guys for the Phillies that performed well in the NLCS. And there weren't many that we could talk about. But I thought that he was someone that in those moments where we, were, where we found ourselves wondering who is actually playing well for the Phillies, Brandon Marsh was one that was that was giving you something. He was and the one guy locked yeah, in. That this NLCS. postseason, I mean, 13 hits. That's way more than a, a number of people had. One home run, four RBIs. And I remember the NLCS specifically, he was one that was able to get hits, get good at bats. So for me, Brandon Marsh is just a solid B minus. Um, I actually have him in the same exact spot as Christian, pa Christian Pache. I think Brandon Marsh is a guy that has a, has a good amount of, um, you know, just – aspects he adds to the team that's needed for again a solid role player but he's not he's he's not someone that i would rate as highly as you know anything up above a b minus just because of the fact that for as great as he is at times he can also do some some pretty rough boneheaded types things where it's just like ah brian marsh so he's the the later part of the postseason swung me and i agree i know somebody earlier was saying the final series definitely gave us a bad taste in our mouths and absolutely had us grading some guys lower that's because it's the most important series of the season those are the most important games of the season those wow. are the must win some at that us. point i did season long and so i did season long as well bias, but i also say. i also like i mentioned absolutely looked at the postseason with a bigger magnifying glass because that's what's more important than the regular season so for marsh i think his postseason actually helped him out because there were times in the regular season that marsh was was not as good so all right tyler what yes. do you got here marsh had a weird year Really weird year, and the fact that his April was stellar, his May was historically bad, and the rest of the year he was pretty good other than the September where he hit 200 in the regular season. Um, Marsh's year was weird because of the fact that for a bulk of it, you didn't feel comfortable with him against left-handed pitching and you can tell by that third stat where he only had 22 hits against right-handed uh, against left-handed pitching he had 292 against righties 229 against lefties but then you bring in the uh, 13 for 40 in the ds and cs he was really good in the postseason he stepped up when it mattered and i think that you've got solid defense right it's not mar it's not a rojas and pache level but it's not bad either it's like b level defense which if he's going to be my left fielder and one of those two guys are my center fielder at a plus or a, a minus level defense i'm super content brandon marsh is a guy that i think is a buildable uh player on this team unless they decide to make a move and, and he's i think part he's, of the he's trade. a great An trade. intriguing trade definitely prospect. he's a great trade he, prospect. if they're looking to they've make upped a move, his stock here in philadelphia correct yeah. especially if you're if you're thinking about you know that team that we're going to talk about later that apparently has no money <laughs> they're going to want a major league ready player. Yeah. He would be the guy. Yeah, exactly. That's He's a good that point. And I know in the chat, you guys are making good points. Um, uh, Nitrine's agreeing with me. Marsh is a B minus. Um, I know 
Marshall Lynch was asking who Miss Honey is. It is Jamie that I'm referring to. I love that Eugene Krabs came in with the full-on, like, Google definition of Miss Jennifer Honey as the protagonist of the novel Matilda um, and the deuteragonist of the 1996 film adaptation. I think Eugene Krabs is low-key, like, Ryan Gosling or someone, like, really cool. But he could be also a therapist. Then that's all I'm going to leave with that. Well, you know what else is really <laughs> cool? Wheelhouse Cards. Uh, Wheelhouse Cards is one of our partners here at P-H-L-Y, and it's our go-to sports card gift and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. They have two locations, in Wayne and Westchester. Our social media maven Chris was out there a little while ago. I know Zach Berman's at the Wayne location all the time with his son because it's his favorite store. Their motto is cards and community because of the love of sports unites us all. Look at us all hanging out and having a great Thursday. United. Because of sports, it does unite us all. They carry all your favorite card brands, like Topps Chrome Baseball and Mosaic Football, as well as T-shirts, hats, and hoodies uh, from all the major brands that you love, like Mitchell & Ness, 47 Brand, Junk Food, Starter, and one of my favorites, Shy Vintage Sports. Uh, if you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. I wish I was a little kid again could go have a birthday party at a card shop because that was like my dream. Uh, so stop into either of the locations at Wayne or Westchester. Open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHLY and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a, fo- a follow on Instagram at, at wheelhousecards. Uh, so check that out. Wheelhouse is awesome. Encourage all of you. All right, now it's to the big money guys. Yeah, the, big money, big money. The Kyle Schwarbers and Nick Castellanos <laughs> of the world. Um, Kyle Schwarbers, I'm really interested in. Uh, Nick Castellanos, um, uh, you call me Miss Honey all you want. I know he came up small. Uh, he also killed the Marlins and the Braves and was up there in baseball history for smashing home runs. Uh, I, I, I won't hold his, uh, what, what was it, one for 38 in the NLCS too hard against him here uh, because he did set a career high in RBIs. He set a second uh, career high or came in second for career high in home runs. Uh, his batting average improved from last year. His on-base pers- uh, improved from last year. I thought his defense improved since last year. Uh, I thought he gave you, at times, better at-bats, and then at other times would revert back to uh, swinging at everything low and outside. I'm giving Nick Castellanos for the year in, in its entire DNA. I thought he was really, really good this year. <clears throat> would you like some tea with that, honey? Mm. Um, okay. And A is interesting. So I had this a lot of the same notes as you about the increases in a number of Nick's statistical areas. So something that jumped out at me is before Nick was moved and dropped four spots in the batting order from cleanup to eighth, his stats in the 270 plate appearances prior to being moved were a 218, 252, 300 split with three homers. And Nick did not have a great year. It was very up and down, actually. Even prior to the All-Star break, he had a he had a good stretch prior, but it was like meh. It was very up and down. And then, of course, you look at the fact he made history, hitting back to back multi home runs in the NLDS, and then turns on the NLCS. As you mentioned, one hit in all seven games. You can't have that from your big money guy, uh, Nick Castellanos. To me, definitely not an A or in the A range. I give him a B. 
Uh, might be a little harsh. Man. Might really? be a little harsh, but. A little? It, it was very up and down. Nick Cassianos did not have a he great year, in my two opinion. He all stars and improved and in every offensive yeah, category because he's and had, defensively. He had a great start to the season, Man. and then after the all star break, hit a rut. And once he got moved in the batting order, it seems like he kind of regained some of that same early season mojo but nick castellanos in my opinion and i like i'm a huge nick castellanos fan some may say he's my ex-boyfriend he's not but nick castellanos to me i expected more from him he underperformed he was frustrating at times so it's a b solid b for god what do you got break the harshness of miss honey and uh, (laughs) the hardest grader in the world over here yeah this was one of his uh better statistical seasons and quite frankly when the season ended last year i said one of two things happens either he gets better or he can't hit anymore and I, I felt that the latter was a little bit hyperbolic, but it was a really rough season for him. He was statistically better in every single offensive category, uh, raised his average, his OBP, his slugging, the home runs, the RBIs. One of the two, uh, obviously one of the two Phillies All-Stars this year, along with Craig Kimbrell, that doesn't buy me a whole lot. But I do think the first half was stellar. The second half was uh, a little bit more down to earth, but it was overall a really, really good campaign from Nick Castellanos. And yes, the O for or one for thirty-eight knocks him yeah, a little br- bit. Yeah, it's brutal. I'm gonna it's give brutal. I'm gonna give him a B plus, and it would be in the A's if it weren't for that NLCS. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, that's interesting. A B plus. Okay. My train says great trying time to trade him. He, I think he could be on the table in some discussions. Yeah. The money aspect and the two years and fifty million. Do you have to give something with Nick Castellanos to unload him? It's something I'm not closing the conversation on. I'll say that. I I don't know if it's something they're looking to do, uh, but I don't think it's also something that they wouldn't do. Yeah, he is very streaky, um, as Eugene Crabbin saying. Barber was also agreeing it was his best season of his career. Uh, can he match it again? Not sure. Yeah, not sure at all. Um, but one thing I am sure about, it's FOCO, because oh. they've got some great merchandise, apparel, collectibles, bobbleheads, that you can be rocking to represent your favorite squads. God bless you, Tyler. And at FOCO, you can use the code PHLY for 10% off. Get a nice discount as you get out there and buy. Are we back to buying the overall? Sure. Let's do it. If you're got back to buying. a lot of buying, compliments on them on Halloween. Yeah. If you're if you want to buy some stuff to hang on your walls or you know t-shirts, hats, whatever it is, um, shoes, they've even got some great sports shoes that you can wear, like eagle slippers and things like that. So yeah, without a doubt, head over to FOCO, use that code PHLY, get 10% off, and be able to represent your squad. All right. Now I think this is the most interesting one. Kyle Schwarber. Uh my so the way I do it is I put down my gut grade and then I go dive into the baseball reference page and kind of like look at how they uh fared career numbers versus last year improving all that. It's really hard for me to give somebody an A that batted 197. Uh but I did it. I moved them up to an A minus. Uh, from my gut of a B plus. What? I, I, I know, Tyler. I don't think it's his fault that he bats leadoff. Uh, I would enjoy Kyle Schwarber so much more if he was batting fourth for this team. Um, but we're not. that's not the conversation we're having. Uh, you know, his power numbers are through the roof. 47 home runs, 104 RBIs. It's his career high in RBIs. It's his career high in home runs. He is a power hitter. Uh, he's really good at what he does. Uh, you know, he took a lot of walks this year up uh, almost f- exactly 40 on the nose from the year before. So is that a trade off to the average? Kind of. I still think hits are more valuable than walks. And I know that's a discussion that a lot of people get into. Uh, I gave him an A minus. Uh, you know, I can't I can't go A or A plus uh, when you're hitting 197. <laughs> 
So, Renee, what do you got? Not an A again. Um, listen, Kyle was one of four Phillies that was named to be a finalist for the Silver Slugger Award, along with Bryce Harper, JT, and Trey. That's about all the positives I got for, for Kyle right now. Just kidding. It's not that bad. Um, yeah, his numbers are higher because it's also the most games that Kyle Schwarber's ever played in his career. So, this should be an increase in... RBIs, home runs at 47, uh, 104 for RBIs, batting average. It talked about that 197 on base percentage at 343. But Kyle Schwarber to me was, you wouldn't talk streaky, he was so up and down and all over the place. And he actually was one that performed better in the NLCS, which is wild because he hadn't been doing well in the postseason pr games prior to that, but I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go as high as an A. Um, 17 strikeouts this postseason, had six RBIs, five home runs, finished with 12 hits, and I'm going to go for Kyle Schwarber just to keep it simple. I actually don't even know what I have for him. Oh, a B plus. Okay, I mean that's, that's not where terrible. I was originally. Yeah, yeah and MBD you know, says an eight seventeen OPS for a guy with forty seven home runs is not great. No, yeah, he I, should I, be doing so much more. I agree. Tyler, Can't, what do you got? Yeah, he's getting Can't. an A minus for me because this is exactly what I expected Kyle Schwarber to be. He's going to hit below the Mendoza line. He's going to hit forty plus home runs, and uh, he's going to lead the league in strikeouts. And this is the guy I expected him to be from the get go. Um, the, the fact that they can get him out of left field for as long as possible, if he could never he play should left never field, field again, again. Yeah. then I, I think that there's value. It's his career. He had a career high in walks. He was top twenty in slugging, despite the fact that he had that low OPS. I am. Uh, I, I am happy with the performance that Kyle Schwarber gave you and I get the fact that people don't love him hitting leadoff it is what it is, it is. I'm giving him an A minus because he was exactly what I expected him to be yeah and that's why I gave him the A minus too yeah. you can't like lead the league in home runs and, and yeah. me really roast you too hard uh, so that's it for us today here on the PHLY Phillies podcast uh, tomorrow we'll we'll talk about the broke boys San Diego Padres <laughs> we'll talk about the conclusion of the MLB regular season and look a little ahead to Monday's looming free agency out there plus our um, final grades yeah, you've got to get into the management in front the office the grades for Rob Thompson uh, I guess we'll go we'll throw Caleb Cotham and Kevin Long in there and of course Dave Dombrowski in the front office so we will see you tomorrow at 1230 uh, we thank each, each and every one of you Mopar you're getting in here right as we're signing off bro uh, but we love all of you we appreciate you thanks for hanging out with us this afternoon we will be back tomorrow here on the phly phillies podcast see ya. See ya.